Welcome to the Writing Block Podcast, where we talk all things writing and indie publishing. I'm Jackie Castle, and I'm hosting today with Becca Spence Tobias, and today's episode's all about audiobooks. We're happy to be joined by guest authors Peter Harmon and Tahani Nelson. How's everyone doing today? Great. Great. Happy to have you guys. Man, I, I, I listen to the podcast and I'm on it. Yay! <laughs> So today we're going to talk about audiobooks, which you guys both have experience with, and Becca and I do not, so we're mostly going to be picking your brains. As I understand it, there are a few routes an author can take to get their books turned into an audiobook. Uh, We're going to try to touch on all of them a little bit and then talk to you guys about your experiences. So the basic routes are, the first one is selling the exclusive rights to your audiobook to a production company for a flat fee, which, um, as I understand it, is becoming increasingly harder to do. The second route is recording the audiobook yourself as your own narrator. And then the third one is hiring a professional to narrate your audiobook. And then there are also a couple different options when you choose to hire a narrator, such as splitting royalties or paying them up front for their services. So let's just dive in. And, and can you guys both tell us just an overview of how you made your, your audiobooks? Sure. Um, I narrated mine myself. I, I read it. I produced it, I edited it, and I posted it. I did very little research whatsoever um, into you know those other options that you were talking about. I was like, I'm going to read it. I uh, I know the story the best, and I, I I want to do it the cheapest way possible, but then make all the money on it. You know, <laughs> um, I have experience in in editing things, um, so I, I went for it. And so, what was that like for you? Um, was it different than things you've edited in the past, working long form like that? For sure. I mean, you know, we we all read out loud to a certain extent, um, but usually for not an extended amount of time. Like my book is a relatively short page count, but still, when it comes down to reading it out loud, it still is several hours long. As far as editing it, it was similar to the program I use in my day job. Uh, I'm a I'm a post production producer on. TV shows. So that means I'm, you know, sitting at an editing station, editing audio and video. So I have experience in that. So it was similar in that regard. Editing my own audio, hearing my own voice for hours and hours was uh, an interesting experience. Can you tell us how long your book is and how long it took you to read it? Uh, I don't remember how long it took to read it, but my first book came out to just like two and a half hours. And then my Second book is about three and a half hours. Cool. Um, did you find any mistakes while you were reading that you didn't notice while you were editing <laughs> the, the printing book copy? Um, no, I, I don't make mistakes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, obviously there's a <laughs> there's some commas in there or you know some a double space here and there. Oh, but nothing you felt like you wanted to change as you were reading. Oh, like like me making mistakes as reading it. No, I was thinking, like, I was imagining reading my book aloud and wanting to make tweaks as I as I read it. No, you know, it was interesting. I kind of, you know, I was getting into the world. I was getting into the characters. I wasn't so uh, concerned with that kind of stuff. Okay. But again, but actually, this was several years ago. So I, I don't, you know, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Tahani? Can you give us a brief overview of what the process was like for you? And then maybe we'll get into some more specifics. Yeah, um, I'm not as brave as Peter was. I briefly considered recording my own audiobook and then 
got into like an hour into it and decided that that was not for me. So I put mine up on ACX and I auditioned a bunch of different audiobook readers and narrators to find out a good fit. And there was a lot of people that I interviewed or auditioned, I should say. And it was really, really fascinating because there was a whole bunch of different skill levels. There was a bunch of different people who had done hundreds of audiobooks. There were some that had done none. There was a few that had done a couple. And so I had this great range of different people trying to audition for the last five. And they all had different prices and they all had different uh, expectations from the book. And then I ended up, I really ended up looking out. I got contacted by the amazing, the phenomenal Sarah Morsey who's a relatively well-known audiobook narrator in her own right and an actress. And she contacted me and asked me if I was still looking for somebody to do an audiobook. And I said, I absolutely am. But unfortunately, I cannot afford your services. But I'm so like grateful that you thought about me. Because normally, Miss Morrissey charges like almost $200 an hour for an audiobook. And my audiobook is 11 hours long. And so I didn't think that was going to work. But she decided that she liked the book enough to do it for a royalty share instead. And I, I'm still so grateful for that happened. So there's a lot of different people that are willing to work with you if you've put out something that they want to represent. And that's fantastic. Like no matter where you are in your audiobook process, somebody's out there for you if you can get your work out to them and connect with them. I, I have a question. So yes. her, was her rate based on produced hour, not like hour it took to actually read it? Produced hour. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm per finished hour. And I think that most of the people I interviewed, or I'm sorry, yeah, most of the people I interviewed were for produced hour. So it was going to be the 11 hour audiobook, wow. even if it took them like six tries. Sure. And could you maybe for people who have zero experience with this, like me, just back up and talk a little bit about ACX and how it works? Oh, so ACX is Audible's main, the, the behind the scenes for audiobooks. And so if you are a writer, you put up a short script, an introduction to your book, anything like that, and then a script that you have people read and you decide if that is the, the fit, the voice that you want for your audiobook. So I picked a very, very short excerpt that had four different characters in it because I wanted to see how one person could cover all four characters and how comfortable they felt. Uh, my book also has a lot of words that I made up mm. for a language that I created for this book. And since since I created my own language, I knew that there was going to have to be some sort of glossary. So I put up a glossary as well. And then I auditioned people and I was looking for how well they covered more than one character and how well they were able to read my glossary and get the pronunciation of my words correctly. And then just kind of get a feel for what they did with the book. And it worked really, really well. What happens is you put up this audition and people audition for it. They record themselves reading your script. They give a little bit of information. And then from there, you can decide if you want to ask for a different script read. You can uh, contact them or email them. You can go back and forth, negotiate a price, whatever else. And then after that, after you finally decide which person you want reading your audiobook, you can finalize your selections and create a contract. Great. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so did you feel like right away that you knew that the person you chose was the right person? When when Miss Morrissey, when Sarah Morrissey read my little excerpt, like it was, it was like the sky opened up. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> I had never had somebody. I had had so many people audition at that point, and there were so many wonderful voice actors and actresses. And there was a few that you could tell right away had never done it before. And I'm like, well, that would have been me because it was so obvious that they had not done it. But she did everything just so wonderfully. Like I, I was 
so excited. And then I saw her regular price. I'm like, oh man, I got my hopes up for nothing. But then she contacted me anyway and she was willing to work with me. And it was, I'm so pleased with how that entire thing went out, like worked out. I'm not sure what I did to deserve like such great luck with this, but it turned out fantastic. That's awesome. So in the audition, she totally nailed it. But in the longer, the whole book, was there anything that she interpreted differently than you'd intended? Sarah Morsey was very great in that she sent me every chapter or anything like that. And if she ever got to a word that she didn't know or a character she hadn't experienced before, she would email me and say, hey, what was your idea with this character? Or what is this word or whatever? And then I'd usually send her back like a a Snapchat or something that says, (laughs) like, this is what the word is pronounced. And this is... Uh, what it means, and this is how I came up with it. And so there's a lot of communication throughout the entire thing. So I never felt like there was anything that was missed because she was so fantastic at contacting me anytime she had a question. That's great. Um, And you ended up nominated for an award, right? Do you want to tell us about it? So I got to go to the Indie Audiobook Awards last year. And it was like, oh my goodness, I felt like a celebrity. Like that's, I know that sounds, it was so fun. I got to wear a pretty dress and I met all these other really, really well-known audiobook narrators and voice actresses and writers. And it was fantastic. I went to a city I've never been to before. It's just, it was so much fun. And while I didn't actually get the award itself, just the idea that my very first book ever and my very first audiobook ever was nominated, it made me it made me feel like this is something that maybe I was meant to do. Like maybe I am a better writer than my imposter syndrome tells me I'm not. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> well, I'm just going to chime in to say that what you did to deserve that, Tahani, is write an amazing book, which I have read and it was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. You guys can't see me, but I'm blushing. Like it's been out for two years and I still blush every time somebody's like, hey, I read your book. I'm like, oh, my God. Yay. <laughs> I'm like a child. I love it. Like, oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Um, Peter, I know that we actually connected on Twitter because you sent me um, a promotional link to download the audiobook and review it. Do you want to talk to listeners about that process and how it's gone for you? Yeah. So something about ACX is once you get everything up there, uploaded, um, quality control, uh, eventually they contact you back and say your your audiobook is live, which that in and of itself is um, pretty exciting. Another thing that they do is they give you 20 uh, promotional codes and um, you can send those out to start getting reviews, much like you would send out a copy of your book or, you know, what have you. So anyway, um, those can generate reviews and they can get you on podcasts. (laughs) Please be aware that those promotional codes do expire after a year, as it turns out, which I did not know. So I had two that never actually ended up going out. So if you do get a promotional code, make sure that you use them relatively soon. But it's also important to remember that the sooner you use your promotional codes and the sooner you get reviews, the more likely it is to help you in the long run. For so sure. get on it as soon as you start. And how did you pick people to send those credits to? Do you have any advice for how to find reviewers? Uh, you know, first first one I sent to was my wife, of course. You know, she's got she's to gotta listen to it. Um, and then other, other people I sent to, uh, just have supported my writing in the past or maybe as simple as they were like, I'm going on a road trip soon. Any audiobook recommendations? And I was like, eh, what about mine? You can listen to mine on the way to the beach or whatever. <laughs> Basically picking people that potentially will like it, potentially will review it, potentially will spread the word about it. Um, and also any sort of, uh, People, uh, you know, reviewers or things like that. Um, 
that can help get the word out. Cool. And people who might invite you on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's my main thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any advice, Peter, for people who do want to read their own book? Yeah. I mean, I would say that you should have some sort of experience talking into a microphone. You know, like I have been a podcast guest in the past. Um, I've done a little bit of sort of like acting, I would say, in the past. Get like a good idea that you can actually do it before you do it um, so that you can go into it confidently. And with me, I was able to do it inexpensively because I was I did it. I I did buy a mic, but if you can just do it, I did it into GarageBand. I was able to edit it myself and I was like, okay, this is sounding, you know, relatively professional and good and I like the performance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I could see potentially someone getting in over their head, not being able to necessarily edit it well or correctly. Um, but just, you know, go into it confidently, give give a great performance, have fun with it. And and yeah, my way was definitely the way the inexpensive way. Um, I'm kind of a learn as I go kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a learner by doing. So instead of, you know, doing some research into how to look up an actor or things like that, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And um, it turned out well, thank, thankfully. That's why I invited you onto this one, because I was really impressed with what great narration you did of your own work. I'm not sure if I could do my own my own reading that well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Like, well done. So uh, let me just tell you a little more backstory. So my first book, The Happenstances at the Yellow County Community Swim and Racket Club, The Summer Before Last, uh, that is the whole title. It's a very long title. But so that's <laughs> that's my first book. And that started, that project started a long time ago as a screenplay. So it already kind of lends itself to performance. And I had been living with those characters for a long time um, because it started as a screenplay. And I eventually, I guess you would say, back adapted it into a novel. But I already knew um, based on it being in screenplay competitions and having sort of like table read type of scenarios that uh, I knew my dialogue was kind of there and that people identified with the characters. Um, so I knew it could be an audio piece. Uh, and eventually I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, a movie. Um, so I knew it could, it, it would lend itself to some sort of audio medium, you know. Can you talk a little bit, Peter, for, for those that don't know, like what, how long does it take to edit, say, an hour of audio? Like what does that process look like for you? You record it and then what happens next? Yeah, you record it and it actually, you know, it, it, if you're going to generate one hour of audio content, that doesn't mean you like turn on the mic for one hour and then you have your hour. Like reading is tiresome, it out loud, I mean, and it strains your voice a little bit. I don't know, you could, I got coughing fits sometimes while I was reading it. You got to take your little sips of water. Um, so it, it, just to read an hour's worth, might take maybe two hours or more. And then editing, you're listening to however long your audio file is and you're chopping it down. So that could take, you know, another exponential amount of time based on your initial time. So an hour could take a couple hours to edit. So it, it's a very involved process. I did it, I think I was off work for a couple weeks. And so my kids were at school and my wife was at work. So I had like the house to kind of 
get into a little room and um and record and then i would chop it down like later that night so it is a very long involved process it's not sort of for the for the faint of heart but that is pretty close to what my my day job is which i watch a ton of footage i chop it down to uh, work with editors to make it into uh, a, a TV show. And you, you mentioned GarageBand. Are there any other resources that you used that, that you could share? I mean, I just, I have, I have my blue microphone, the cool one that looks kind of old school. I forget what model it is, but I have my, my, my blue microphone. I have my MacBook and I have GarageBand. And that's, that's what I use to generate the book. It, I had to, I exported it in whatever, file ACX wanted and it was very smooth going from going from GarageBand onto ACX. Nice. I've recorded several short stories and we use Audacity for all of those and ACX takes that as well and it's completely free if that's something you would rather use. How much did that microphone cost and how much would GarageBand run somebody if they wanted to do this on their own? Yeah, GarageBand just came okay. for free on on my Mac. And then my mic was probably uh, 150 bucks maybe. So what did, maybe we'll start with Sahani, what did you learn from this process that you might do differently with a future audiobook? I learned a lot from this process. Originally, I hadn't even considered doing an audiobook because it's not something I've ever really listened to. Uh, audiobooks are just not really my cup of tea usually, but I had so many readers ask for one that I decided to look into it. And now I have a better idea of what an audiobook is, of what to expect. I have a great voice actress if she chooses to work with me again. And I think one of the biggest things I learned is whether you're planning on doing an audiobook or not, read your stories out loud during your editing process. We caught so many things where the sentences just didn't sound right, where there were little issues that we would have never caught if we hadn't read them out loud. So even if you don't do an audiobook, read your books out loud. It takes time, but you'll catch things that you hadn't even considered before. What about you, Peter? Uh, what was the question? I was thinking about reading my book out loud. What was the question again? <laughs> what did you learn through your process that you might use um, going forward in future audiobooks? Oh man, I don't know. I would, I would pretty much. Pr- I'm planning on doing the audiobook the same way for my third book. I've done, two, I've written two uh, YA novels. I've done the audiobooks for them. I'm working on the third, and I'll, I'll probably use the same process at least for this series i'm going to use the same process so it's you know it's a set and i'm um i'm consistent with it but i do think it's very cool to have uh an actor read your stuff that would be very fun to be able to listen to my book through someone else's voice and i know we don't really have somebody here with experience in the third route that we talked about um does anybody want to talk about maybe trying that route or i don't know if you have any insight into that jackie i know (laughs) <laughs> little to nothing about it. About trying to sell the property rights out, outright. Um, all I know is that it's a big process happening behind the scenes that I have no control over. <laughs> so that's about all that I know. I was hoping maybe maybe someone could shine a light on it for me, but I really don't have much to go off of other than we're still working on it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I say that I say that I'll do my third book the same way. But if someone comes at me and the, they say they'll do all the work and give me money, that sounds great too. Right? Yeah, that would be great. one of those dreams that it's always in the back of your mind. Maybe we can find a good outside resource on how that process works and post it in our resources. We'll try to do that. Yeah, that would be nice. 
How about you, Tahani? Like, how much... I know you talked about clarifying words and making sure that pronunciation was correct, but, like, how in, how involved was the rest of the process for you? Were you reviewing each chapter and approving it, or what did that look like? Oh, yeah. Uh, she sent me every chapter as she completed it, and I listened to the entire thing. Um, there was one chapter where it was seriously just one sentence. It was one sentence that we just could not get in a few takes it was i was thinking one very very way of how it was spoken and she was thinking a different way but we ended up getting it together and i absolutely love it now but a huge part of it was just every chapter she'd send it to me and i'd listen to the entire thing so the first audiobook i've ever listened to was my own which was weird because i'd hmm. never done that before and it was it was wonderful i had such a great voice actress to work with and it sounds like from what, who I've talked to with other people, anytime you work with ACX, you're going to have that level of professionalism where they will keep you in the loop and every step going forward is you two doing it together because it's still your book. They're just bringing it to the world. And so definitely listen to different people audition, find the one that works for you, the one that is the voice of your book, then go to go forward together. And it should be fantastic. Like it's a great experience and there's so many different parts to it that are that are fun because you've seen this book from its conception, but now you get to see an entire different world of it that you hadn't even experienced before. You know, hearing you talk about that one sentence really makes me think about how in print or digitally, we put our books out into the world and then they're interpreted in people's brains and we don't really have control over the way that they hear, <laughs> hear those mm. sentences. But, but with this, you do, which is a pretty neat power to have as an author that you're having even more control about the way that your words enter someone's brain. She also gave one of my characters an accent that in my head, she never had an accent, but now like I can't not have her with an accent because it was so perfect the way she did that. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Like I was listening to that chapter and she like showed up. I was like, oh my gosh, who was that? And then I remembered it was somebody I wrote. I'm like, I should know this. <laughs> so I know you, we mentioned, um, you know, reading the book out loud, was there anything else that you guys would change in the way that you write future stories after going through this process? Uh, my book series has some sort of whimsical, like turns of phrase, I would say, like, there's some, there's some made up words or just like silly words, like you heard my title, it's super long and kind of quirky or whatever. So that is a little bit my style. And there are, there's dumb words in there and stuff like that, uh, which writing them is super fun but then trying to say them uh is a little more difficult so i know you said you said not recording them but um those were there were some tongue twisters in there which i don't think i'll change i do still like writing in that style at least for this series uh that was something i actually learned was like some of these sentences are very long and very hard to say i totally understand what he's saying um peter i don't know if you know but my book is called the last fight and people out there, if you're ever going to create your own language uh -huh. for a book, maybe do not put part of that language as the title because no one will know how to say it. <laughs> and now totally. and now I've just claimed it. I'm like, you know what? Every one of the books in the series is going to have the word Fai in it because if I'm <laughs> going to start off like that, I'm going to keep going with it. And someday everybody will use the word Fai in their regular day-to-day -day life. I'm sure of it. But if you're going to create your own language, uh, make sure you have a really, really conclusive guide on how to pronounce the words in the language is one of the best things I've learned in this one. Mm -hmm. So I know, Tahani, you said that you don't listen to audiobooks. I am a very active audiobook listener. 
And I found that it really has changed and improved my writing. It's really helped me clarify my own voice, I've found. Um, because when I listen to comparable titles to work that I want to that I that I want to honor in my own work or think I want it to kind of sound like a certain genre or like a certain author's work. If I listen to somebody read it, then when I'm writing, I can actually try to imagine it in that voice. And if it fits, I know I'm doing a good job. If it doesn't fit, I don't quite have that voice. And so I've kind of started to hear my own voice in my head by hearing others work read in particular voices. So I was wondering if Jackie and Peter, if you listen to audiobooks at all, and if so, how that's affected your writing. I definitely listen to audiobooks, but that's interesting how you choose yours, because I tend to listen to um, mostly nonfiction on audiobook. And I I don't know why. I think it's because I listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to other things when I'm in the car, when I'm cleaning, that usually when I'm listening to an audiobook, it's just little pieces here and there. So I tend to pick books that I can listen to for 10 to 15 minutes at a time and then feel okay if I don't pick it back up for a week. Um, and then the other way that I choose audiobooks is often by just a, a narrator that I enjoy or if uh, an author is narrating their own book. But again, it often often I choose memoirs or I choose, um, yeah, mostly memoirs, I think. But maybe I'll reach out. Maybe I'll try to pick some more dystopian and sci-fi titles and listen for pacing and voice the way you do. That's a, a really good idea. Can we talk about narrators that we like? <laughs> Just really quick. Ari Priyakos is my favorite audiobook narrator, and I'll listen to anything that he narrates. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Peter, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm a big podcast listener. That's my audio um, medium of choice when I'm on my commute or cooking or, or what have you. I do listen to audiobooks, but mainly it's with my kids. So it's kids stuff, which can get kind of zany, like the performances are often over the top, which works, which works for them. And they think it's silly or whatever. But I do remember one, uh, one audiobook that really sticks out in my mind is uh, The Lord of the Rings. The guy who reads that has, I don't know how many characters are in that book, like 50 characters or something. And they're all different races or whatever. And they all have different, very unique voices, like all 12 dwarves have like unique voices or whatever. So that's just like, to me, that's, that is a high point in the audiobooks that I've listened to. And um, it it really shames mine. But uh, for what mine is, I think mine is fun as well. It is. I had a lot of fun reading it. I think I told you it reminds me of Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, man. Yeah, you told me that. And that's like the highest praise. That's totally right, right in there where it's supposed to be. I just want to point out, too, because I know that there has been debate. It's I feel like it's settling a little bit, but there were people who said that audiobook listening is not reading. Audiobook listening counts as reading. It's not cheating. Your brain processes it in the same way. Audiobooks are awesome. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't know why people feel like they have to put down anybody that does things differently. Like, it's just, it's dumb. If you like books, just listen to them or read them or absorb them. Osmosis. I don't care. Just do what you love. I think it's important that if there's anybody out there that has not written their own book but likes to read books out loud, you can definitely become an audiobook narrator yourself. You can start going on ACX, create yourself a profile, read other people's books, record yourself doing so, and maybe you'll be the next voice of of an upcoming author. Like, 
There's so many options out there. So even if you don't want to write a book yourself, that doesn't mean you can't create something amazing with somebody else by reading because there's a lot of us that just don't feel comfortable reading our own books out loud. Yeah, I have a question about that. So did your uh, narrator, did she edit herself? Did she go to a studio that put it together? What was that process? Sarah Marcy edited herself. Uh, She's been doing this for a very, very long time. She has her own studio. So she had all of it done. And then I just had to like sit back in blissful excitement as she sent me all the finished products and said, does this sound right? I'm like, oh, it sounds better than I could have expected. So yeah, Sarah Marcy's pretty fantastic. That's great. I will add, and this isn't completely related, but if someone's looking to build up a, a voiceover or an audiobook portfolio, a really wonderful resource is LibriVox, which I don't know if you've heard of them, but they basically provide uh, free audiobooks through some library system to the blind. And so you can actually go on there and just read like one or two chapters. It's all volunteer, but if you're just like, you know, wanting to get a few things on audio that you can then share to create an audible profile, then that may be a good way to go. Can you spell that for those that are listening? Yes, I think it is L. I haven't looked on there in years, but my grandmother used to use it all of the time. And it was a wonderful resource. And I actually recorded a couple short stories for them maybe 10 years ago, uh, but they're still going. It's L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X. And we always put links uh, on our podcast page for all resources mentioned. So we'll put that on there too. We should also mention, I, we talk a lot about Amazon and Audible, but you can also get a lot of audio books through your library with Overdrive or Libby, um, and those are free. So that's another good resource for, for listening to audiobooks. I also want to do a little writing block plug. Celia at 39 by Jason Pomerantz. We can't officially say who his audiobook narrator is, but it's somebody exciting, and that news should be out pretty soon. So keep an eye out. Can't wait. Can't wait to find out who it is. Yeah, that's exciting. Big tease. So what does the, um, you know, if you don't mind sharing to honey, like, how does that royalty split? Like, is that beneficial to you? Did it seem reasonable? Did it seem like it was still a lot out of pocket? I know so many authors say they make more on their audiobooks than they ever do on their novels. I have made a lot more money on my Audible audiobooks and through my actual published works. And I think a lot of that is just because I had such a great narrator. Uh, she had her own fan base starting out. She like tripled my fan base just by coming on with me. And uh, again, even though she normally is much more expensive than what I would have been able to afford, the fact that we did a royalty share, a 50-50 royalty share, it's still amazing because I could not have done this without her. I am more than happy to give her like everything I make just because she's made this dream real for me. And so I've, I've always felt that this is a, a perfectly acceptable arrangement. I absolutely love how it turned out. And it's nice to get paid for what you do when you've created something that took so much time and effort. And while I would definitely still write, even if I wasn't making anything at all, which so many of us have experienced, mm-hmm. it's nice every now and again when you get a check from Audible and you're like, wow, that's a thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, the real audiobook money um, that I've seen is when people sign up to Audible uh, to Audible, and your book is their first book. You get a bounty, it's called, and it's like $50 or sometimes, uh, I think at for a certain point in time, it was like $75. So you'd have to sell kind of a lot of books to get 50 bucks, or you could get one person to sign up for Audible and have your book be their first book, which you can use those promo codes Give it to a person, 
they sign up for Audible for the first time, your book is free for them and you get $50. Like there, if you can convince 20 people to do that, like you're, you're already making some money. Oh, that is great. I hadn't heard that before. That bounty program makes a huge difference. And I'd actually forgotten about that until just now. So thanks. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it sounds awesome to Hani that you, yes, that's great. If you can find a narrator that like <laughs> adds to your fan base, that's, that's it. Cause for me, it's, it was just me and then me. So there was not even uh, there was there was no gain there, but but yeah, that sounds great to get a a narrator in there that can bring in a new audience. Yeah, that's really nice. It kind of reminds me of like you know some authors that will expand their fan base because they have a well known cover designer or something like that. Then not only are you pushing your own work, you have a team of people that are are part of the creative mm. process. That's nice. This was a very informative. This might be the most informative episode we've done. <laughs> In a short amount of time. It's less about our feelings and more about practical advice. We can talk about our feelings too. If anyone has anything they'd like to share. I feel like I cannot wait to hear my book as an audiobook. I'm kind of jealous of both of you. <laughs> it's such a surreal experience. Like it's amazing and it makes it real on a different level than any of the other parts. Like finishing it is a huge landmark or a huge milestone and then Getting it out into the world is a huge milestone. Your first review is a huge milestone. And then getting your audiobook and hearing somebody read it is an entirely different level I hadn't expected to experience. I cannot imagine. I'm really excited. Yeah, I feel like I heard mine so much in the editing process that I truly don't think that I have listened to it again. Um, and it's been out for, I don't know, four or so years. So maybe I should give it a re-listen and go back down memory lane. Yeah. Um, so why don't both of you tell us about your work? I know we've heard the titles of them, but tell us again and then where we can find it so that everyone can go check you out. Sure. So I have a young adult series called the Happenstances series. It's two books so far. I'm working on the third. Uh, the first book is called The Happenstances at the Yellow County Community Swim and Racquet Club the summer before last. and um, Basically, the first book takes place over a summer at a community pool, and it's sort of your classic underdog story. There's, you know, lifeguards and snack bar employees and tennis court like maintenance maintenance teens who have to. They love the pool that they work at, um, and when like a tragedy happens, they have to band together to sort of save the pool, sort of like a a save the rec center type dance movie or whatever. But instead of that, it's they're they're forming a, a relay race team to swim against their, their arch rivals, you know? So it's like sort of a eighties throwback comedy movie sort of story. And it's, but it's in a short novel. Um, I say it's for young adults of all ages because uh, it's accessible for teens, but there's a lot of like millennial type references to it. There's like the eighties vibe to it. Um, as Becca said, like Wet Hot American Summer is an influence for sure, and that sort of um, quirky comedy. Uh, there's two books out. Uh, the third one's hopefully coming pretty soon. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Peter L. Harmon. And I do have other accounts for like the books and stuff like that. But if you just go to at Peter L. Harmon, I tweet and Instagram about that sort of stuff. Great. Thank you. Tahani? 
my debut novel is called The Last Fai. Fai is spelled F-A-O-I-I. Once again, if you're going to make up your own language, maybe don't put it in your title because then you have to do this every single time. But I actually love it. So The Last Fai is about a matriarchal society. If you like women leading armies and winning battles and wearing armor that actually covers all of their vital organs, then <laughs> definitely check it out. Uh, the Last Fai is the first story. The sequel, Fai Betrayer, will be out as soon as I finish this terrible editing process that I'm struggling with at the moment. But give me a couple months and we'll finish with that. I also have two short stories, one of which is in the Fai universe through the writing block anthologies. And you can find links to all four of those books on my website, tahaninelson.com. I also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the last Fai. And my Twitter is twitter.com slash Tahani Nelson. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. This yeah. is great. Yeah, thanks for having us. If I could say one more little little plug a um Go for it. I'm doing a hardcover edition of my first book, that, my first Happenstances book. I'm going to do like a crowdfunding thing for the as like a presale in probably coming up in like March. So if you go follow me on Twitter and Instagram or you go to PeterLHarman.com or HighDivePublishing.com, there will be a lot of info coming up very soon about the hardcover edition um it'll have an it, it'll have a short story in the happenstances universe in there and um it's a delightful hardcover peter have you ever done a crowdfund for a book before i have not girls do we have any podcasts about crowdfunding books we do so for anyone who wants to know how much a pre-order for peter will be appreciated go listen to our crowdfunding a novel episode and you'll have a very clear idea and then you'll immediately go and pre-order because <laughs> it is appreciated more than anyone could ever imagine oh i'm so excited for you peter come to us for support yes thank absolutely. you absolutely awesome well do you guys have any words of inspiration for our listeners or anything you'd like to share before we do our closing messages I mean, a, a lot of your listener base is authors, correct? Yep, all mostly indie authors. Yeah, I would say good luck. Keep um, keep at it. Uh, it it is a struggle, right? But it's it's what we want to do. We we signed up for it. And wherever you are in your process, whether you're writing or editing or <laughs> trying to sell pre-orders or crowdfunding or marketing. There are so many people out there who are willing and ready to help you, and you you don't even know about them yet. Like it's amazing what kind of luck comes into this, and I absolutely wish you all of the best. Thanks for listening to the Writing Block podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll subscribe to hear our future episodes, including our upcoming one on writing dialogue. We have some great topics in the pipeline, and our goal is to release a new episode every other Tuesday. We want to thank all of our wonderful members of our Writing Block community. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook or online at writingblock.com, no K, where you can also find information about our books, two cooperatively created anthologies, as well as our first full-length novel. Sponsorship opportunities are available on this podcast and in our newsletter for those hoping to reach an audience of indie authors reach out to marketing at writingblock.com again no k thanks everyone and happy writing